We've been doing a series on presence of God and been really been doing God's revelation in His presence. But we're going to narrow it, start to narrow it down uh, even more. And if you don't have a handout, if you would, uh, raise your hand. Swifty's in the back and he'll get that to you. Uh, you know, uh, God's presence, I love what Tam, Pam said, is just so real. And uh, many times it's, Satan is so good about trying to overwhelm us that we're God, the reality of God gets covered over and clouded over by the circumstances and situations of the world. Uh, I remember one time that uh, Lee, um, Anna Lasho and I were, were dealing Jesus with this youth, this teenage youth who was very brilliant. And uh, he would refuse to believe in Jesus. Just refused. Uh, he just, you know, logically he could not explain God. And so anyway, Ann and I just started sharing, you know, a bunch of people had shared the gospel with him many times, but for some reason this night, Ann and I go over and we start talking to him. And, uh, and he opens his heart up to Jesus. Let's try it out. Let's try it out. So he said, okay. Being a scientific mindset, verb, you know, scientific approach. So he said, okay, Jesus, I'll try you out. So... We prayed for him. <laughs> As we started praying for him, I'm not exaggerating. He started shaking. His whole body started to shake. I mean, just like, I don't even want to do it because it makes my head hurt. But it's, you know, it just shook like this, like my hands are shaking right now. And I remember standing in front of him, he goes, wow. It, while he's shaking like this, you know. So I can't believe this. Just, just a short time ago. I didn't believe God exists, but look at it right now. You know, he's doing his thing on me. And, you know, the boy gets saved. The reality of God's presence. I think about in Exodus 33 where Moses says, Lord, unless your presence goes up with us, how will the nations know that we have found your favor? Well, you know, I think that the body of Christ has tried to describe and intellectualize Jesus. And we've missed it. When God's wanting to show Himself strong, and uh, and I just really want to invite you. There's a past scripture. It's not up here on the PowerPoint, but the Lord just put it on my heart as we were as I was up front here. And I just really want to invite you to is this thing that we're talking about today um, to not listen with the soulish. This past scripture in First Corinthians two twelve says, "Now here we have received." Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from Christ. That we might freely uh, receive, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. Now, this is a big statement here. Which things also we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but it goes on to say, but in those taught by the spirit, and it says this, combining spirit with spirit. I'm not going to speak into your intellect today. By God's grace, I want to speak into the Spirit, into the depths of your heart. Uh, Mitch, I need you to get that uh, uh, marker board up as, uh, as we go on. So let's just start off. And, and when I, the title you can see, The Personal Presence, God's Presence in Us. And I want you to notice this past scripture. It's going to introduce this, this facet of, the, of this series in the next, uh, y'all, I have to confess, I don't know how many weeks. 
think it's four. And uh, interrupted by, not interrupted, but uh, empowered by this, this time when Ken Henry comes in. Now watch this. Uh, when I say here, the three facets of God's presence. Personal or corporately and heavenly. And watch this. And I've preached on this before, but we're going to go more in depth in the next few weeks. So just as God said, I will dwell in them. That's personal presence of God. I will walk among them. That's corporate presence of God. And let's go on. It says, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst. Be separate, that says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And notice the statement, I will welcome you. Well, we'll, I know that without a shadow of a doubt. Like when you take interpret Scripture with Scripture and you put that with Hebrews chapter uh, 4, 16 and in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, that's talking about the heavenlies. I will welcome you. Well, if he's already in us, how is he going to welcome us? No, that's talking about in the heavenlies, where we may draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. But it's important for you to take note here of these three facets of God's presence. Individually, or personally, corporately, and heavenlies. Now, y'all, my people, it says in Isaiah 5.13, my people are held captive by lack of knowledge. And the reality is, I mean, honest with you, I think we are ignorant of how to operate in God's presence. We're not, we do not understand the protocols of heaven. Now, there's a protocol that you, you draw near to a, to a dignitary, you know, like the President of the United States or a king, like in King and Jordan and stuff like that. Well, y'all, we're talking about the King of Kings. And there is a protocol. But also, he, he manifests himself differently, individually, corporately, and heavenly. Each one of them having different purposes. And I hope in going through this that we will have revelation, we'll have understanding of how that we can allow our God to massively invade our worlds. And the word it's not about our world, but it's about His world. It's not our world and Him living in it. It's His world and we're living it. Every facet. So let's go on. And then the next thing I want to really deal with, when we're talking about God's presence, this is the thing you've got to really get in there. The heart of His presence. Now those first the passage of Scripture in, in first Corinthians, I mean 2 Corinthians 6, 16 and 17, we just read. But I want you to read 18, and this is where you catch the heart of God's presence. When it says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be to me as sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I don't, have to, I don't want to go in this because I'll bore you of it, with it, but you know, there's nothing more intense than a father's heart toward, toward, his, toward his kids and toward his grandkids. It just gets intensified on grandkids more. And that's right. All grandparents say amen. <laughs> And, uh, and so God's heart in His presence is to be, to be to us as a father and us to be to Him as sons and daughters. We're talking about depth of intimacy. And so just, the, just as an overview, so these are the foundations when we're talking about God's presence threefold, um, individually or personally, corporately or heavenly. But we're going to focus today on some foundations in relationship to God's personal presence with us. Let's go to the next slide. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 
When we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our bodies become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and the reality of God desiring to be with us. You know, Jesus did not come to earth to... Well, well, let me say this right. Let me say it another way. Jesus came to earth so He can show what a man rightly related to God can walk in and do. And that's why Jesus makes statements said, In the works that I do, you shall do also. Not only this, the greater works you shall do, because I go to the Father. And right after He says, If I go to the Father, I will send another one, another helper. Y'all, the very presence of God is in us. The ability to love and live like Jesus is in me. It's in you if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The very Creator of the universe is in us. And y'all, the only thing that can keep us from the reality of that is the reality of Him in our hearts. Because that releases Him to bust loose. So let's talk about God's personal presence in certain facets where our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Who is in us? Let me ask you a question. Just a curious question. When you got up this morning, if you're married, did you say good morning to your wife or her husband? Or your good morning to your kids? Yes. What did you say? Good morning, Holy Spirit? Is He real? In your life? I know this. If I ignore Paula, she gets silent. We're talking about ignoring the God of the universe. She gets silent. And so I, that's the day the hope to speak into our, the reality of our heart, spiritual words to awaken in us the excitement of the reality that God is in us. There's four things that when you think about God's presence, there's many things we could say about it, but I believe when we talk about God's personal and individual presence in us, that it'll fall under these four categories. And the first, first category of, in relationship, when you think of God's presence in us, it tells us that we're His. Like it says in John 14, 16, Jesus, y'all, in this same chapter, Jesus has just told Peter and the other disciples that He's leaving, and where they're going, He cannot come. They cannot come. They'll come later. And Peter's freaking out. They'll all be freaking out. They all be freaking out. <laughs> they all be freaking out. Y'all know what I say, man. It's coming out. Okeechobee coming back out. Well, he be with us. And so, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Man. Oh, yeah, he's telling, he's telling him he's leaving. And, you know, he says in 14.1, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. But what is he telling them? And notice this. He says, you know, if I'm going, I will ask the Father and He will give you another. The American Standard says helper. I think some version says comforter. Well, the, well what does that mean? And notice, But the big thing is that He will give you another helper. And in fact, let me just put this little commercial in there. That word for another. In the Greek, there's two words that translate can be translated in another. One is heteros, which means another of a different kind. And in, in another Greek word, alos, which means another of the same kind. Well, this is that Greek word, alos, meaning another just like me. Another helper. Just like me. 
just like me. And he goes on to say that he may be with you, this is important, forever. Now, y'all, that is important to note, and we don't have time to teach into this. But y'all, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come on people for a purpose and would leave. Because the, the cross had not occurred. That's why you see when Saul sinned, that all of a sudden, in First uh, Samuel chapter 15, I believe it is, or 16, that where the Spirit of God departed from Saul and an evil spirit was sent. Or when David sins with Bathsheba, and you see this in Psalm 51, he's crying out, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me! Because why? Because he's watched it happen to Saul. But for us, Jesus is announcing, said, I will give you another helper, comforter, parakletos, I'll show you this in a second, just like me. And He will be with you forever. Forever. And He goes on to say, that is the Spirit of truth. And in that, where you see the dot, 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 He tell me, I'm putting past the Scripture, dot, 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 that's where I'm, there's a verse in between that, and it's just trying to, can't get everything in there. But it literally says, the world does not know. And he goes on to say, but you know him because he abides with you. Because he's been with him. And he will be, this is important, will be future tense in you. New thing. New thing. The presence of God, not just in the Holy of Holies. The presence of God being in mortal man and woman. And that's what we're talking about here. And this is the important thing. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. God's presence is a declaration that He's with us. And notice this, uh, this passage, a couple of these past scriptures, and I'll nail this down here a little bit more, that He's with us. He's not going to leave us as orphans. He's with us. And uh, in four, these are these three past scriptures, even more. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. When the Helper comes who will send you to, from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. And if I do not go away, the Helper cannot come to you. Well, as you notice in your notes, that Greek word for, for comforter or helper here is the Greek word parakletos, which literally means one called alongside. That's what it literally means. And... Uh, and the reason why it gets out, I'll keep using the word comforter, because the Greek word for comfort in the New Testament is the Greek word paraklesis. Literally means called alongside. And the main way that comfort gets communicated in the New Testament is somebody being alongside. Like I'll never forget the time that, you know, that I was really, really hurting and, uh, out at, you know, and I was just having one of those meltdowns and somehow I got on the telephone with Simonis and, and, you know, and I couldn't even talk. I was just crying. And Mitch didn't say much. He just says, well, I'll be on out. And when he came out, I, he found me throwing sticks. Y'all probably heard me talk about this before. And I'm throwing sticks in a fire. That's all I could do. And cry. Well, Mitch comes out. And you know what he does? He threw sticks. He didn't say much at all. For a long time. We just threw sticks together. In a fire. In fact, just before Mitch comes, Jesus told me, he says, I'll throw sticks with you. And then he brings physical manifestation of that. Simona shows up. That's comfort. And then he prayed for me later. That's comfort. God, and the Spirit of God is saying, God is saying, I will be with you. I'll be with you. And not only that, y'all, not only just being with us, because there's sometimes people who are with me that I'm going, I wish they weren't with me. 
They're dragging you down in the spirit more than they are picking you up. The really cool thing about the Holy Spirit's with us, I want you to know this is passage in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, where it says, it says, in the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You know, this is not speaking in tongues, but I will say this. It can be. It can be. And it goes on, it says, And he who searches the hearts, he searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Uh, you know, he who searches the hearts, he's the Spirit, so it knows what the mind of the Spirit is, I believe. Y'all, the, the, the S there being capitalized is just an interpretation because there are no capitalizations in the Greek. It's everything was written lowercase. So anytime you see lowercase or uppercase, it'll always be an interpretation by the translators. My conviction is, is that's a lower S. That's our spirit because he searches the heart. He knows what the mind of the spirit is because the heart programs is how the spirit functions. I'm sorry, I just throw that out there, a bit of information. And I want to know that. But the important thing is this, that he intercedes for us. I love this statement here. For the saints according to the will of God. Now, y'all, that's verse 27. Romans 8, verse 27. Because why? What does Romans 8, 28 say? For God does what? Works to cause what? All things to work out for good. Well, where is it going to begin? Externally, it's going to begin in us first. Y'all, this is the crazy thing about it. He's in us, interceding for, for words too, I mean, for groanings too deep for words. And y'all, we ignore this so many times. Probably there's times, I know, probably, forgive me that word. There are times, y'all, that there's things going on in you you don't understand. And it's literally the Spirit of God groaning in you trying to birth out in you the things that are God's will. And he's declaring, most of the time he's declaring, I'm with you, I'm with you, you're not alone, you're not alone. Because the first facet that I know of the, of the indwelling of the Spirit of God is that he will not leave us as orphans. And I just want us to notice this next statement here, summarizing this first point. He is in us, therefore... We are never alone or abandoned. Can y'all read that with me? He is in us. Let's just read it. He is in us, therefore we are never alone or abandoned. Now here's something that we may have to deal with a little later. But the reality is, y'all, if you've been abandoned or you've been left alone by people, there's programming in your heart that will hinder you into embracing the fullness of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just speaking that out right now because we may have to go there a little later. I want you to hear me very carefully. The Spirit of God is in you. If you have been abandoned, if you have been left alone, the programming in your heart will hinder you from embracing the fullness of the Spirit of God being in you, saying, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Because I can hear this in somebody's heart right now. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Just like everybody else. Well, he's saying... You're stuck with me. I'm here. I'm here. Second facet, or, or whatever I'm calling these things, about God's presence in us. 
is that he teaches us some things. No, all things. And catch this in 1 John 2.27. As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. That's another facet of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about that now. And you have no need of anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, he teaches you of all things and is true and is not a lie just as it has taught you, you abide in him. The Spirit of God in us, one of his whole things about being in us is to teach us all things, to reveal to us all things. Now, what's so significant about that? Now, go to the next slide, please. And it'll look, it'll be the same verse. Well, I'm sorry. It's supposed to be the same verse, but I guess I did put it in there. But in that 1 John 2.27 passage, y'all, that is in the context of speaking about false prophets. The spirit of Antichrist that's in the world. And the reality is, y'all, as you see in your notes, God's Spirit in us, teaching us all things, you know what this does? It frees us from the possibilities or literally, like I speak there, is freeing us from being deceived. Y'all, I want to say this. You have the Spirit of God in you. God gives. Now, there are gifts of teaching. But God, the gifts of teaching, y'all, are to stir up what is already in you. And when, if the teaching that I am offering or speaking to you today is truth, what, the, what will be occurring is the Spirit of God in you will be uniting with the Spirit of the words that I am speaking to you, and you will have life. You will know that if I'm speaking deceiving words. And the reality is you can have a mindset, y'all. When somebody ever tells you, well, you need me to teach you, then you just go, that is not a cool statement. Because you have no need of anyone to teach you anything. The anointing who is in you shall teach you. Now, y'all, you have to be careful in that. There's isolationist mentality because there is the body of Christ. Like I said, that's to bring out and enhance what God has already done in us. So God's Spirit in us, one of His main focuses being in us, is not only to affirm to us that He's with us forever, but also is to teach us. To teach us what? Well, yeah, look at this, 1 Corinthians 2.9. You know, it says, uh, go to the next slide, please, Doug. Things which eye has not seen. We've spoken this passage a lot in dwelling place, but I want you to think about this. Don't rush over this. Things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which have not entered into the heart of man. Apart from the Spirit of God, the things that we're talking about here, y'all, have not entered to the heart of man. All the awesomeness have not entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us, God has revealed it through the Spirit. Has revealed, that's past tense, y'all. It's revealed now. And you've heard me say this before, is that the reality is He has revealed it. The question is, it's in the textbook. The question is, like a... Am I reading one of Burby's equations on his marker board behind his desk? Which I can just only recognize places where it says like 2 plus 2. But it usually don't equal what 4 at the end of one of his equations. Looks like it to me. <laughs> 
But anyway. But what God is speaking, many times He's given us the whole and where our level of understanding is at, at the first grade level of math. And so the reality is God's revealing it. Just stick with Him. Don't get impatient. He's revealing all things to us. Notice what it goes on to say. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. (laughs) So that we may know the things, I like this, y'all, freely given to us by God. Now y'all, I know this because I look around this room here. In fact, I know this one sitting up front here. If it was announced right now by a phone call that that Outback Steakhouse is giving free meals all you can eat, we would probably have church dismissed early so Simonis can get to Outback. Right. He won't eat unless he has a coupon or unless it's a, it's a buffet where he can get more than he pays for. It's got to be a deal. Or he don't eat. There. And if you do force him to eat there, he's uncomfortable. But, but anyway, but here's the cool thing is, y'all. I know this, I know most of you in here share Simonis' heart. Things freely given to you by God. Well, y'all, everything has been freely given to us by God. And I'll be honest with you, I'm in this place. I will say, I want it. I want to know it. Unlock it, Lord. And that's why every time, every morning I get up and... I say open my Bible. I don't do that anymore. I open my computer yeah. <laughs> and read out of my computer. But it just, I'm, just, I'm just excited with expectancy the things that God's going to show me. Revealing to us, you know, all things, our inheritance. Now, you need to press the thing. I want to call this to you. I want you to notice this next slide. How the Holy Spirit teaches us. Let's get it. Let's just think. Because I, I felt this when, when I speak the word teach. No offense, Pam. But some of us get kind of bummed out because they're thinking school. But this is not. I know Pam's class, awesome. <laughs> and Burby's class, awesome. And you other teachers are awesome. But this teaching is different than anything, anyone. And he teaches us. Notice this. He will teach you. Okay, he teaches. Oh, I've had the Lord wake me up. First thing in the morning, and do like a, uh, a like a holographic board. I'm serious in my mind. Show me maps and show me how this happens, that happens. And I'm going, wow. He'll teach you. He really will. And I like this. And he'll bring to remembrance. Oh man, you are all of a sudden you've heard a passage of scripture for years, and all of a sudden you're going along. All of a sudden it comes to mind. Really, you really like those kind of things when you're doing deliverances. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God calls to mind. Oh, yeah, God, I remember that passage. Where's it at? Quick. Yeah. He'll, he'll say he'll teach us like how things work and fit together. He'll call to remembrance things as, that Jesus said in the past or we've heard in the past truth. Notice this. He'll guide you into all truth. The other day, I mean, you heard me hurriedly <laughs> speak the thing on the fear of the Lord. But really, literally... It's what God has been doing. He's been guiding me through revelations about fear and understanding fear. Pam was talking about it earlier. And getting revelations of how to deal with fear and the realities of it. He's just been guiding me in this journey. And it's literally the picture of like us, him walking and us following. And I say that with y'all. I mean, how many times y'all been hanging around me? 
Many of y'all know this. It's, all right, well, God's saying to you. Why am I saying that? I'm selfish. I want to know what God's saying to you. I want to hear it. How, where's God, the Holy Spirit leading you? What, what kind of journey is He taking on to teach you? That's how He'll do it. It goes on. He will, you know, He will speak. And He will disclose to you what is to come. That Greek word for exclose there means to announce. It's a, it's a Greek word, anaungaletso. Uh, I blocked it. Please forgive me. I knew what I was doing. But, you know, the reality is, is that it's it, like angel. That's the Greek word for angel. Root word for angel. To announce, proclaim. But he'll, he'll announce things, tell you what, what's coming, what's happening. The Holy Spirit will tell you these things. And so, speak. Notice what it says here in, in, in Matthew chapter 10, where, you know, all of a sudden you're going to be drugged before kings. He says, don't be, don't be anxious what you're going to say ahead of time. Notice what it says there. For it is not you who speak, but it's the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. I cannot tell you how many times that I've either been teaching or, or be somewhere, and all of a sudden I'll be speaking to somebody or teaching out, and all of a sudden something comes up in me, and I, and I, I thoughts, and I know what the thoughts are. They're not just random thoughts. They're not my thoughts. The Spirit of God speaking in me, and I'll speak out what's coming into me, and I'll go, man, that's good. <laughs> And, you know, y'all been in class with me. You've heard me say, can somebody write that down, please? <laughs> Tell me that later. Because I, I don't know what I just said. But I'd like to know what I said. Because why? It's the Spirit of our Father who's speaking in us. And so when we're talking about the Holy Spirit teaching us about all things, it's, it's so much. He, he, he's wanting to disclose and reveal so many things to you. I, I, we used to do this skit, uh, the shadow skit. Where the, where the lady was, the girl was just wrestling about whether she wanted Jesus or the world. And, and we had the girl in there doing a, a, a quiet time and how the Holy Spirit, the Lord, would come behind and point out past the Scriptures to you. I say this to you, y'all. That's not figments of your imagination. He is real. And He will just like point out passages of Scripture to you. I cannot tell you how many times I've had him do that to me. Read here, and I'll get stubborn. I'll go, no, I want to read over here. He's going, read here. Listen to him. Be sensitive to him. He'll teach combining spirituals with spirituals. And what, what God, I should have showed this earlier. I'm going to show you something here. The Lord showed me. Oh, cool, thanks. Is that, is that literally our ability to hear it's like, I hope you can see this big black heart. That's our heart. But the reality is, what's happening is, you've got the Holy Spirit who's wanting to reveal things to us and permeate our soul with things of the, our heart, with the Spirit. But the reality is, what's going on is, is what's warring against that. It looks like an elephant, but it's not. Dude, I drew something. Through an elephant. That's the first thing I've ever really drawn. It wasn't a stick figure. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Flesh. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just had to do that. I had to finish my drawing. But, yeah, sorry. But what will happen is, y'all, the reason why the reality of the Holy Spirit is not so real in our lives is what happens is 
the things of the flesh and the world permeate our heart and literally start crowding out the voice and the presence and the reality of the Spirit of God. Or even our soulish mind. Just crowd out the reality of things that He's teaching us. A sensitivity to Him. Because one thing I found about the Holy Spirit, He is, He's really, He's not stubborn, but He is one. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, I will come in. I'll knock. But you have to open the door. And y'all, if we grow in the way we're created, y'all, and you've heard me say this before, but if you hear something and you deem it unimportant, it, it'll, it'll harden your heart. Like living near train tracks. If you live near train tracks, after a while you won't hear trains. Because why? You've deemed it unimportant and it's less important. That's the same thing with the voice of the Spirit of God. I mean, you can make yourself hear the train. I know, I used to live next to a train. I understood. And so, so the Holy Spirit's in us. He'll teach us all things. Let me hurriedly go on and, and finish these other fast, these other parts of, of what the Spirit of God dwelling in us means. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, notice this what it says. For it says, Mitch, where am I sitting this down, please? It says, however, you not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ literally dwelling in him, notice what it says. He does not belong to him. Literally, the Spirit of God being in us means that we are his. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? For you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. And I don't have that passage up here. But one of the things that the Spirit of God in us is saying that we're his. Y'all, we're his what? We're his slave or what? But go on in the Word and you'll notice in Romans chapter 8. Go to the next slide in Romans chapter 8 verse 16. For the Spirit himself testifies, bears witness says what? We are children of God. Again, I want to put, put in a commercial here. If the programming in your heart is negative in relationship to being a child, your heart will not want to be a child. Therefore, your heart will reject the testifying of the Spirit of God, saying, child. If you've got the heart of an orphan, you will not hear the Spirit of God saying, you're my son, you're my daughter. And... You know, yesterday, you know, Michelle, who's now living in Boston, you know, you know, called called us and was giving us some news that she had uh, about a horse. And uh, but you know, y'all constantly, continually, I'm either calling her or dropping her text, going, "You're mine. You're my daughter." Whenever she gets married, there's that only time I'll ever do a country song. There's that one country song that says, "I loved her first. I'll declare that. And so, but the reality is the Spirit of God is testifying to us that we're His. My question is, have you heard? Has your heart made a way, opened up to hear and say, you're mine, you're mine, you're a child. And not only do take the flip side for what the Spirit of God is bearing, let's go to the next passage in Galatians 4, 6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son, crying out in our hearts, what is he crying out? Abba, Father. Y'all, when Jesus in Mark chapter, oh man, one of the Mark chapters, I can't remember. I know this, that when he was in the garden and he was wrestling with this thing about uh, let this cup pass from me. 
He starts out saying, Abba, Father. Abba. Abba. And literally, the Spirit of God is crying out into our hearts, saying, okay, you're a child, but you're not a child who's orphaned. You have a daddy. That is the thing that the Spirit of God is bearing witness in us. Not only is in us saying that I will not leave you. second thing is, is He's saying to us, I'll teach you about everything. But the third thing He's saying is, I want you to know is that you're family. That you got family. And I want you to notice this next confession we got. He fathers us so that we can know and walk as daughters of sons. The Spirit of God in us, y'all, is constantly in this place trying to father us and us to know that we're children and that we're hit and that He's our Father. Again, I, I, I keep going back to this place, and it's very important for you to know on this side what we're saying. If you've got strongholds in relationship, false inclusions in your heart about being a child or a son or daughter. Like one time I asked a young lady, I said, I'm going to say two words to you. You tell me what it means. Two words. I say, bride and daughter. She goes, suck and suck. And I go, okay. Guess what? Could she hear the sweetness, the voice of God the Father saying to her? No. Because her heart shut it down. You can fool your conscious mind, but you ain't going to fool your heart, y'all. So when the Spirit of God is in you, He's speaking into your heart. He's not speaking into your conscious mind. Oh, He'll try to write things on your heart and in your mind, but He's going to work from the depths of you inside out, and He's going to be speaking to your heart. Your child, and you're not to be abandoned, you're not to be forsaken, you've got everything, and you've got a daddy. Fourth thing about the Spirit of God in us, revealing to us, is His presence empowers us to live in the very things that He's revealing to us. Now that would be so frustrating to me. For Him to say to us, we can do. I can do all things. And not have the power to do it. You hear what I said? That would be very frustrating, a cruel God, to say, here's what you can do and not give you the power to do it. The Spirit of God in us is here to empower us to walk in that. Now, here's the thing I want to say, y'all. We've got to get it out of our minds. It's not us who's doing it. Notice, notice this passage. I have been crucified with Christ. Now, what happens on a cross? You what? Die. Y'all, I have been crucified with Christ. That's past tense. Y'all, hear this. Stop trying to crucify yourself. Stop trying to crucify the flesh. The flesh is dead. See, Christians trying to die. And God's saying, no, don't try to die. Live. Once you've, once you've accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior, identified with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through water baptism, you are dead. You can't get no more dead in the Spirit. Your old self. Remember, death means to separate. The big question is, how are you going to live? That's what it says in Galatians, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5.14. The love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, one died, therefore all died. He died for all. That they should no longer live for themselves, but live to Him who died and gave Himself up for us. The whole thing's about living. Consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God. Alive. I don't, sorry, I got off on that. But the whole thing is, is God's wanting us to live. Live. 
And the Spirit of God in us wants to empower us to walk in that God. Remember, I'm the guy that was said that I would never mount anything. I was the guy that was taking freshman English as a junior in college. Bless God, I got two things, the Holy Spirit in me and a wife who majored in English. And I am the one, y'all, that God is writing books. And many times, y'all, there was not years not too long ago when the professor in seminary is going, notice how the, the, the guy who preached strung all his adjectives together. And I'm thinking in my heart, that's an adjective. And now I'm writing adjectives, I think. <laughs> I've written about ten books. And I'm going, God, how does this be? It's a thorn in the flesh. <laughs> at me. <laughs> I have honestly tried to learn how to speak. <laughs> but it's him. <laughs> you know it's him. <laughs> Let's go on. It's Jesus. And guess what? He empowers us so much like where it says... But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, y'all. Spirit of God's in it. Y'all, there is no excuse for sin. There is, you know, I, I used to go to a church that goes, well, yes, well, we'll always sin. Well, you think God's heart. First John 2, 1. We have, if we sin, we have an advocate. If, if, if. We have an advocate with the Father. Why? The Spirit of God's in us. If you walk in the Spirit, dude, you cannot sin. He empowers you to live as that son or daughter of God. Spirit of God in us. Giving us victory. Go on. And it goes on. The Spirit of God in us not only empowers us over the enemy. I love this passage. You are from God, little children. And overcome because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. There's one Spirit I hate just so bad. That's the spirit of death. I do not like the spirit of death. Just recently, there was a young girl, a lady, that we were ministering to. The spirit of death was so racking her. Not only the spirit of death, but the fear of death was racking her. Just holding her captive so much. She's in this ball up in fetal position on a bed, just grabbing hold of bed and the covers just, just shaking shake it. It's so awesome to see the power of God manifested through somebody like me and some other people who are with me. To see the spirit of death just being cast out from this woman. To be free. Because why? Greater is he that is in me than he that is what? In the world. Both in the spirit and physical. Like a friend of mine who used to be a drug dealer down in Florida. When God told him, he made a mistake. He was dealing, flying out of Columbia, bringing planes up into South Florida. And he made a mistake. He went into a church one night and got saved. And he walked out going, Jesus, how do I do this? How do I deal drugs? And how do I, how do I live for you? And God said, no, you ain't. 
And God, but God, I owe him $250,000. How do I do this? And God says, if I am for you, who can be against you? It's quiet. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And he goes on to say, but God, they've got guns. And he said, if God be for you, who can be against you? And that's when they, they, they gave him a call and said, hey, you know, uh, they called him and said, hey, Wayne, we want you to go pick up a load. And Wayne said, uh, uh, listen, y'all, I've turned my life over to Jesus. I'm not going to run for you anymore. And they said, meet us in Palm Beach. Click. And he's going, do I run? If I do, they'll kill me. They'll find me. They'll kill me. What do I do? God says, if I'm for you, who can be against you? And he goes. And he walks up to him, and they go, what is this stuff, sucker? And he says, yeah, listen, I've turned my life over to Jesus. I can't run drugs for you anymore. And, uh, and he, I don't have the money to pay you back. And he turned around and walked off. And that was back in the early 80s. Wayne is dealing Jesus to this day. Because why? The Spirit of God in him, the power to overcome obstacles. Not only over the flesh, but over, I mean, not over in the spirit, but in the flesh. Physical. God is greater. And not only that, y'all, I love this thought. Notice this next slide. Let's go to the next one. He empowers us. And I like what I said. I don't like what I said there, but I like what I said here. He empowers us with the heart and emotions of God. How do I love somebody that don't like me? Y'all, you don't, you don't stand up here and preach Jesus that people don't like you somewhere. Or do some of the things and go some of the places I go that people don't like you. But you know what? How you can love is how the Spirit of God in me in me, empowers me to love, empowers me with peace, with, with spiritual emotions of God. Love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. God, that's what carries you. Y'all, this is not a cerebral ascent to love your enemies. Y'all, let me tell you something. It's when you lay aside the, the, the weights that hinder your love, the love, the Spirit of God in you just flows out. Paula knows this fact. And that's why many times when she sensed me acting like a jerk to her, her response is, you need to deal with some stuff or you need to go have a quiet time. Because why? She knows that the Spirit of God in me, all He needs to do is be released. Things not holding me back. And the Spirit of God will come and flow out of me. Because what does it say in John chapter 7, verse 37, where it says, you know, out of your innermost being shall flow what? Rivers, not trickles, not little stony creek in the middle of the summer. A little stony creek right now in the middle of the winter after a big rain. Out of you shall flow rivers of living water, the Spirit of God in you. So I just want to ask you to call to mind these four different realities of the Spirit of God being in you. One is the Spirit of God is saying, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Two is His heart is to teach you all things. His heart is for you not to be in the dark about anything. Three, His presence in us tells us 
that we are His, that we are His sons and His daughters, and that He's our Father. Four, He's saying the Spirit of God in you is in you to empower you to walk with all the resources of heaven. There's a past scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 where it says this, I pray that you would be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. In other words, when your heart is enlightened, you'll have a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him. Get this. That you may know what is the hope of His calling, what's the riches of inheritance in the saints. But get this. The exceedingly great power toward those who believe, which is the same power that He exercised when He raised Jesus from the dead. Now, the same power that defeated all the forces of Hades, all of that is in you and I. The only thing hindering Him is between our ears, which is reflected in the heart. And I like what Jonathan and Melissa Helser's uh, their their uh, uh, their summer camps. They call it what is it? 18, 16, 15, 12, 18 inch journey. That's where things go from here to the heart. In this place, all God's saying is, "Open your heart up, see it." And I prophesied earlier, what the Lord's wanting to do this morning is, is take the windex of the Spirit to the window of our hearts. <laughs> and so you can see all that is in you to be released. The Spirit of God is in us. Now, I do know this. And we go out, we've got to close. But I want to call for this. I'm going to pray and we're going to close, but I'm going to say what I'm going to ask is, if any of you in here have dealing with abandonment issues, lonely, abandonment, you've been abandoned by authorities or parents, and as I'm speaking these words to you, you can, you're sensing something, I want you to, you're going to, I'm going to ask you to come up because you need to know the reality of the Spirit of God in you. Second thing is, is some of you, have confessed over you that I can't know stuff. You need to repent of that. Third thing is, you're His. You're His. You've been, here's the same thing. If you've been declared over, you know, you left, abandoned, where you thought you were somebody's, but all of a sudden they, you don't even know whose you are. That programming can also hinder you. If you've confessed into your life, I can't do this stuff. I can't, I can't. That's when I was coaching girls basketball. That's what I, I gave, made them run laps for that four-letter word. I said, can't, no, speak four-letter words. And the main one that they had to run for is anytime they said, I can't. Because why? The Spirit of God is in us, and you can what? Do all. Yeah, that's right. So, Mitch, anything you want to say? And then we're going, he's going to pray. And if any things I mention, I need people to come up and pray for people. Yeah, if we can have a... Can we just stand um, and have some of the team come on up um, quickly if I can because we've got to get going. But I just uh, encourage you. I think the prophetic way that Jared came up and really called us up to the front, you know, to start. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on this laminate alone up here worshiping and then all of a sudden you have... 
a hundred people surrounding you worshiping, that's a whole lot of difference. It's just different. And that's what the, it's, it's cause people are coming alongside you. It's what the Holy Spirit does. As He comes alongside us, He empowers us. And so that's why I encourage you. Get that, get that in you. So there's some people up here that want to come alongside with the Holy Spirit in them just to encourage and build you up. And so, Father, I just pray, God, and if any of those calls that Rick gave uh, are, are you, just come on up and grab somebody and just, you know, just come and stand on Lab Net. We're going to pray. So don't, don't hesitate. Just come. So, Lord, I just pray right now that big people will begin to just move out of their seats and just walk in that place of, of freedom from abandonment, freedom from just this place of uh, that, that, the I can't man- mentality. I, I'm, I'm not sure I can ever be that, Lord, because the Holy Spirit in us plus us is just, it, there's, it's, it's un- unmeasurable. So, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name you just begin to move over this body. Lord, we ask for your just Holy Spirit to do a significant work in our lives so lord we bless you we honor you just just encourage you there's some more that just need to come just need to come just encourage you just be free and lord i just pray that god we would experience your presence god as we, as we go uh, on our way as we as we work this week as we're lord even as we wake up god we would just say how are you doing holy spirit what are you doing today god how are you walking with uh, Lord, we just begin to communicate and begin to take steps of, of just really opening that door to your spirit, opening that door again to, to, to hearing what you're saying and, and, and allowing your presence to move in our lives. So, Lord, we thank you that, God, you don't abandon us as orphans in this place. God, you come to us and your Holy Spirit comes to us. So, Lord, we thank you for that and we bless you in Jesus' name. It's, it's gotten kind of late, so we're just, I'm, I'm going to release. But if you have anything else, I just want you to come and pray. I want you to get prayer. Uh, don't, don't leave from this place, but we'll come alongside you. But if not, go grab your kids and have an awesome weekend.